welcome to Love at First Science, the podcast designed to dig deep into neuroscience, the human body and anatomy. My name is Celeste, I'm a physio and I teach anatomy to yoga teachers and this podcast is an archive of the lessons I've learned along the way in my attempt to bring a more science-based approach into the yoga world. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in. Just a quick reminder that I don't run any ads, so this podcast can only grow with your support. If you learned something new that you found useful, please do rate and review the podcast. And if you think the content can help someone get out of pain, improve their life, move without injuries, or even just feel more inspired, please share it with them. It would mean the absolute world to me. And you never know, we just might help elevate our community along the way. What's up everyone? Today we're going to be talking to Dr. Garrett Neal originally a chiropractor. He's also gone on to specialize in functional range conditioning, kin stretch, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, and he's also a yoga teacher. This man who knows so much about anatomy, biomechanics, and neuroscience is also the senior writer for the online yoga magazine, Shut Up and Yoga. I'm eternally grateful that he agreed to be on Love at First Science, so let's go and learn from this amazing human being. So a really warm welcome to Dr. Garrett Neal. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Love at First Science. Um, Yeah, it's a real honor to have you. Would you like to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, well, thank you, Celeste, for having me. Um, My name is Dr. Garrett Neal. Um, I'm a chiropractor out of uh, Southern California. I am, God, I think I'm in my fifth year of practice now. Um, And I guess I am like I've done a lot kind of within the yoga world and now I'm kind of moving more to the movement education world and kind of trying to just, I don't know, talk about human bodies and how they move. And then whatever lens you enjoy movement in, you can attach that information to human bodies are thankfully quite similar in that regard where like the functions, the neurology, the biochemistry, like, I mean, we're all individuals, but there's some usual rule there's some science or something happening there that's consistent throughout. So yeah, uh, I guess, absolutely. I guess We're all humans, me. eh? Well, I think <laughs> you're yeah. downplaying yourself a little bit because <laughs> in addition to being a doctor, which is a big accomplishment within itself, you also have a really successful side business on the go called Shut Up and Yoga, which I have to say I've been in awe of for a number of years now. Adele, actually, my friend, put me onto it and I've been like, wow, this is smart. And guys, if you haven't checked out Shut Up and Yoga, please do because Garrett goes away and puts together some super valuable articles. They've got this stunning illustrator who makes oh, yeah. it all happen. And then you have what, a third person on your team as well, right? Yeah. So there's, um, it's uh, so just to be clear there, it's not so much that it like Shut Up and Yoga is mine or anything. I'm just the anatomy writer, I guess, but I was there kind of in its inception where we all kind of like came together off of like an online yoga forum. Um, I think it was like the, the, uh, movement edge. I can't remember the name of the thing anymore. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we kind of came together. Um, and then, um, some of you might know if you're in the yoga world, like Diane Bruni, like big respect out to her. Um, and she, uh, she kind of like got Anastasia who is like the, I think she's more or less the head. And then there's Eli. I really hope I said that right. Cause sometimes I accidentally say Ellie, <laughs> uh, but anyway, there's those two ladies that like run the show. Like they publish everything, they edit things, they get things in the right place. They, they do everything. I mean, my role is so minimal where I just write and then I'm like, Hey guys, I'm done with what I wrote. Like, can someone edit this? And then it's like, all right, cool. We're going to put it up now. And so I, guess- right, I feel like you're the kind of guy who makes climbing a mountain like all your accomplishments sound like it's a walk in the park but I have a bit of insight into writing and it's not I'm sure that you've 
role is very, very key and very, very valued in the team. So guys, if oh, you haven't yet, all. you've got to check out Shut Up and Yoga because obviously Dr. Garrett Neal shares so much value yep. in there that can really help your practice and your general, I think, existence in the movement world. And one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on the show is you have got this thing that I've spotted on Instagram, which I was like, ooh, this is clever. Did you create gamification? No, 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 by all means. Okay, okay. Because no, I feel like no, you're no, the no, first no. person that brought it into my world. And I'm like, yes, this is the future of exercise. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, no, by <laughs> all means, no, I did not invent that. Uh, I, I, One day, maybe I'll go into like the research world and start like analyzing things objectively and producing actual science. But no, I'm just a body nerd. Um, so I got that from uh, Dr. Craig Liebenson. Uh, he is a, uh, a chiropractor. I think he's based out of LA, but he, he wrote like a lot of rehab manuals. I mean, that guy's got a huge name in both like the physical therapy, manual medicine, chiropractor world. Um, and he, to my understanding, he studied with a lot of like the Czech Republic people. So like Yonda and all of those guys. And so just this brilliant mind of an individual and I'm just taking one of his courses right now. And so he talks a lot about like gamification or making more or less like a game into movement. And I like from my own kind of axillary understanding of like movement and whatnot, it's just really in the world of like task-based movement where a lot of us go in, I, I summary, I guess would be the best way to say this. Um, a lot of us go in and we like cue movement, like, okay, you got to squat, bring your thighs parallel to the ground. Um, or squat back, bring your weight into your heels, corkscrew the heels when you lift up. Like, you know, we, we kind of just yeah. like word vomit the position. And then we expect mm -hmm. this person to do that position. Yeah. And so. Sounds like me. You've just summed yeah. me up in a, in a few oh, no, sentences. That's me too. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really. Like, teach me how that. to be better yeah. to not word yeah. vomit at people. <laughs> Although I, just, I, I mean, I teach, I used to teach uh, yoga. Uh, I don't really do that anymore. I teach now more like kin stretch and other stuff like that. Um, and then also like, unfortunately, you spend too long being a doctor, you kind of lose that ability to like teach and do other like hobby accessory type things. Um, but anyway, um, with this, with like task-based movement, you would ask someone to like squat down like you're about to jump. And now they get down into the pose and you don't have to be like, and your knees need to go over your toes and your hips go back over your hands. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. You're not hinging properly. Like, so you're oh, not really. I funny. love this. Yeah. So he, like the way that he described it, that I think just made it so perfect and really like what caused that paradigm shift. And at least the way that I'm trying to go about it now, because there is room, like you still want to cue, you still want to word vomit. There's room for that. That's okay. You're not a bad person for it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people learn in different ways, right? But at least when it's coming now to like accessibility, but also like, like making people work, but not necessarily thinking that they're working uh, is, is maybe another way to say that. Um, so like within that context, you can get someone and it's regardless of your anatomy, regardless of what hip morphology, the different types of hip placements, like maybe your femur sits further back, maybe your acetabulum's deeper, you know, so each squat is going to look different or each warrior two is going to look different. Like, and so in this context, if I'm like squat down, like you're going to jump, it doesn't matter Everyone's what your body is. Exactly. You're going to yeah. squat down. Your thighs are probably going to go somewhere near parallel because you're not going to jump very high unless they do. And who am I to now go, Oh, wait a minute. Your knee shouldn't go in or out. Like you're squatting to jump and that's functional to your body. And your brain goes, 
I know how to jump. This is how I do it. And so that's really the gist of it is you're, you're kind of leading by the side is, is the way that Liebenson described this in his course. So his course, I should probably plug it because it's so amazing. Uh, it's called Prepare. Oh. Um, it's like 15 hours or something like that. And it's all like, he's got multiple camera angles. It was great. Um, and so I did that because I was feeling like, I mean, over the course of the pandemic, I was just like a total potato where I <laughs> like, oh, you should move your body. Oh, you should learn how to play piano. And I was like, I think I'm just going to sit here. And just take in the <laughs> fucking right, yeah. trauma that we have to you process. Know, I'm just, <laughs> just going to try and go each day one step at a time and maybe just drink a little bit of whiskey at 1 p.m. tomorrow at, instead of 12, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's brilliant. Surviving, and some of us were thriving and I, I'm humble enough to admit that I was just a potato. And I mean, that also, I mean, there was some mental health stuff going on there that I won't go into too much detail, but for me, I like you just I made learned, a lot of people feel normal. So thank you for sharing. I that. hope so. I, yeah. I, I hope so. Like I see everyone out there like running and stuff. And I was like, I think I, that, yeah, they might be thriving on the outside, but I think a lot of people had to deal with deeper stuff through that time. So to hear oh, that they're not alone yeah. and me included in that category, thank you for sharing. Well, I, mental health is going to be a huge thing moving forward. That's for sure. Um, and I'm glad that that's finally kind of on everyone's radar, but anyway, side sidebar. So I, I learned really quickly that I, I love what I do. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and a lot of my purpose was tied to work. And in the absence of work, I just, crumbled. And so I learned a lot about myself within that regard. And especially like I'm an information sponge, like I got to be learning something. I need to be like studying something. I need to be applying something. Otherwise, I'm just I'm a potato on board. Um, so for me, especially like not really working, not really learning, like that was more or less the fuel for that. And so being the infernal idiot that I am, I was like, back after COVID, like I need to take like 40 hours worth of continuing it. I need to like jump oh. back in, become the information sponge again. And so back to Levinson, that's when I was like, his course like had gone on sale that weekend. And I just massive respect for that guy. He's so brilliant. Um, and so I signed up and I'm now about halfway through and it is just, it's phenomenal. And it's a great way to kind of look at manual therapy and it's modern kind of nutshell. But even beyond that, like where does exercise fit in, especially with like comorbidities and all the other in interesting information that's especially like, coming out now that a lot of us are more health-centered uh, post-COVID. So one of the concepts, like I know we just phew, looped around big time, uh, but so in the course, he was talking about the concept of leading by the side or many of us, we kind of want to be Batman. We want to jump in. We want to fight crime. We want to solve the person's issues. We want to like, this is what's wrong. This is how you do this, blah, blah, blah. You want to be in the field. But when you're looking at it from like the people that kind of know what they're doing, they're more like Alfred. They're more like the butler. They're guiding by the side. They're allowing that to happen. But the person becomes Batman. Has to do it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed so, to you putting your hands on them and going, I fix you. The person oh, exactly. fixes themselves. Totally. Well, we'll kind of go into like the psychology of that. Cause it's definitely like some of the, the stuff that I wanted to talk about and today. The neuroscience. It's fascinating. Oh, the plasticity so, that comes with that. Yeah. Like you, you, you put, like I've always been a huge fan of self-efficacy or like, like self-realization or like be responsible for yourself and empower yourself, you know? And that, uh, that was imposed to me because I was like doing like spine care stuff and like shadowing a lot of spine care doctors and stuff. And a lot of it was like, if when they're on the table, like the least amount you do, the better, because mm -hmm. at that point, the person is in charge of their healing and they're not necessarily like, Oh, only Dr. G is the one that can heal me. Only Dr. G is the one that can help me. Oh, my neck hurts. I better go see Dr. G. 
I tell my patients, I'm like, please don't think that. Like, if your neck hurts, do something about it because I hopefully taught you something about it. And then if it still hurts, okay, maybe call me or like wait a little bit and then call me, right? So I don't know, just creating that level of like your human body, your human body has this miraculous ability to change and adapt and grow. It's like a, a self-lubricating car that you wouldn't have to like take for an oil change or tire realignment and stuff like that. Like you have that ability to realign your own tires and lubricate mm -hmm. yourself and stuff. So I think so many people cool. don't realize that. And I think a lot of people really kind of fall into that, that unfortunate methodology of like, I'm Batman doctor and I am the only one that can save you. Like here, your body is Gotham city and your pain is the Joker. And it is just my job to fight the Joker. You as a defenseless human being, please just sit by on the side. And it's like, nah, you're just completely denying like how strong and powerful a human body is. Um, and more or less, you're just promoting fragility, unfortunately. And that's never a fun idea. And also, there's so many layers to what you're saying. I mean, first of all, gamification just sounds fun. And I think people oh, tend to learn more the when they're having fun. And they tend to want to go back to that thing. But something else that I picked, on, picked up on that you were saying, and it's something that I was just covering. I'm also on a course. It's all about neuroscience. And what they were saying actually today was that... If you get people, this is so opposite to what we've always been taught as well. If you get people to do a task and they're very focused on their body while they're doing the task, actually performance declines. And there is reams oh, yeah. and reams of information out there to prove that. So if you're saying something yep. like jump, that's a lot more external. I need to do the jump as opposed to how am I doing the jump? Where are my knees pointing? What are my feet doing? Am I squeezing yep. my glutes? that's actually going to decline performance, which is just mind blowing that the research is coming out with this. Well, you're just, uh, exactly. You're overthinking. And that's, oh, so I like, because I'm a giant nerd, I've been like really trying to closely follow a lot of like where VR stuff is going on with like modern medicine and everything. And I know like, I'm going to butcher this because I don't really have the statistics off the top of my head, but within some realm, on like two fronts, they were able to show that like exercising in like virtual reality, the goggles, the Oculus, whatever, um, they got people to be a lot more engaged. And so therefore they were like more fatigue, I think was measured. And then more like, I think they might've hooked them up to like measuring the muscle energy and whatnot and seeing if, if, if like the muscles were like highly activated and, and, it, and they were. And that was like, they were immersed within that world and they just dedicated their whole being to that immersion. And then on that other side, they did VR with meditation and they found that like people were vastly more relaxed than just say the people that were just sitting there and mm. therefore meditating and breathing. And so it's just, it's really interesting. Like when a human brain can be tricked into doing something, you can, you can dedicate like every cell to that. But if you're kind of stuck on the like, oh God, I got to think about what my knees are doing or how many sets am I doing right now? Or how many reps am I counting right now? Like you get into that like classic human fallacy is of like overthinking and now your prefrontal cortex has dictated everything and you're, you're no longer in the experience or you're now taking away from the experience thinking you're in the experience. So. Hey, my loves, real quick, if you are hypermobile, be sure to check out my book, Too Flexible to Feel Good, where my co-author and I share the latest science on how to help a bendy body feel awesome. If you already have the book, please do leave it an Amazon review. It helps more than you could ever know, and it just might help someone else feel a bit more stable in their bodies. The book is called Too Flexible to Feel Good, and you can get it from most online retailers. So. Amazing. And in fact, I really am glad we've segued this way because one of the things I wanted to get you to dive 
more deeply into is this whole world of the brain, dopamine pathways and motivation. And for, you know, someone like me, the journey I had through lockdown was I found it really hard to exercise for some reason. I was very dedicated to work. I could get oh up, God, and yeah. I could get in front of my laptop, but to leave the house to exercise, which yeah. is so weird because I love moving. Yeah. Why yeah, did yeah. I find it so hard? Can you just, can you just impart your wisdom on us? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this so exact same. And it was like, the worst part is like, I had like, I had moved all my like clinic equipment to my house. And so it was like, I had a full on gym. I had like no excuse. And it was like, uh, I can only do 15 minutes today. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm so tired. And it's like, well, yeah. you just stayed up till 3am playing video games. Why are you actually tired? You're not tired. You're just mm. lazy. So no, I, I, so this was really fascinating to me too, because I had that same level where even like just talking about like the article, um, I had like the worst writer's block. I was like, oh my God, I have all this free time. I finally, I don't have to worry about patience. I don't have to worry about teaching. I can finally write. I, I'm undistracted. And then sure enough, that turned out to be like the hardest time to do anything, uh, at least mm. productive for myself, uh, I guess I'd say. So what I did was I started like just small, number one, uh, and just like what, what, what was inspiring, you know, like what was something, uh, maybe a different way that a fellow movement influencer or individual was moving. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I can kind of trick myself to work out by trying this kind of novel stuff. And I don't think that that's like the best way to work out. But if that's the motivate, if you see something fancy on Instagram and that's the way you're like, hey, I want to actually try that. And then that gets you to work out. I'm all Wonderful. for that. Go for it. Totally right? Agreed. Maybe you don't always do that you know like consistency is definitely key if you want to do anything but at the end of the day like motivation is a huge factor for i mean a lot most if not everything that we do as a human being and so i started to i started to like kind of figure like why 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 was i blocked why can't i exercise why can't i write why can't i do these things that i love or enjoy and and passionate about and I mean, it kind of came down to like the science of motivation. And I mean, you can buy a bunch of self-help books that'll talk about the, the shockers and the energy and the, you need to pull in some, some moon spirit into your body and therefore you're motivated or something. Um, but there's also like dopamine. So <laughs> dopamine is a neurotransmitter. Which is also and, a fairy spirit. Hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Released from your very own brain. So um, I, so. I guess, let me, let me say this first. Um, I started like getting like, just, I would like go on uh, his, his channel on Instagram is called Huberman lab, Huberman oh, lab. Yeah. Um, so I, Dr. Andrew. Oh my God. Huberman. The guy is wow. Just yeah. Let's Huberman just all take a moment yeah. to say thank you for coming yeah. onto this planet. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Huberman. Like you I are like to him going, can you be on the podcast? But I haven't heard back. I think he's a little bit busy for me oh, that, at my, at my oh, level. My if you could do it though, I would, gee, oh my goodness, that guy. That so I, I don't know if I'll be able to talk. I'll just sit there like, <laughs> like, I'm not worthy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. worthy. <laughs> I know. I, same. I'm just like, just, <laughs> do you have any questions for me? And just like, no, just pour your brain open. I just yeah, want to see, I just want to see what, what's going on there. <laughs> but anyway, like, so he, I think like the respect that I have for him is that he is such an excellent educator to where like he can describe the most complex neuroscientific whatever to us peasants. 
and make us feel as if we were kings or queens. And like, we were like, wait, wait, like, I understand what you're saying and you're talking yeah. about advanced neuroscience. neuroscience. Like, yeah, what? Incredible. And I, I've not listened to this for two hours and I'm not just like inundated and tired and like, like brain dead, you know? Like, so I, the guy, like the world needs more like well-spoken science educators. And yeah. I think that he is just the encapsulation of a lot of that. Um, so anyway, I know, like, let's stop gushing over him and let me talk about what. <laughs> yeah, we're having so, a massive fan session. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> but I mean, like, for the for the love of science, right? Um, so with uh, with Huberman, I started, like, I just, you go on one video and the next thing you know, you're like two hours later, like 20, 30 videos down the line, like, oh my God, like, I'm, this is insane. This is so cool. Um, and so I started like deep diving on that channel where I was just like binge watching that as opposed to like Netflix or HBO. And one of the things that he talked about was motivation and coming at it from a context of like a growth mindset. And this is where it was really interesting because I think where it really resonated with me is that I kind of already knew some of this, at least from like my clinical experience, because when you're looking at like I think like when it comes back to like manual therapy, for instance, it's not necessarily about your tissue skills. It's not necessarily about like how well you can like stretch someone or identify some muscle. I mean, your clinical reasoning is definitely important, but I mean, you can train a monkey to adjust somebody. You can train a monkey to stretch a muscle, right? And so like when it comes to the, the physical skills, your communication skills are kind of the most powerful and your understanding of like pain psychology and stuff like that is also Even incredibly just your powerful. confidence levels isn't it if you walk in and you're super confident and you're like strutting your stuff that has oh, an yeah. implication on people's well-being as well which is just mind-blowing i mean my my worst my least favorite chiropractor slash favorite kind of chiropractor is the one that adjusts someone and is like oh oh did you hear that that was amazing like <laughs> I'm amazing. Like I did that to you. Like I cracked that bone like that. And I was like, bro, you can, anyone can crack a bone, like <laughs> get over yourself. Like there, there's a little too much confidence in the manual therapy world. That's for sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, he was talking about like that. And so I, I kind of understood this from like a pain psych realm. And I guess I just didn't have the formal name for it. Um, but so a growth mindset is uh, and obviously go to Huberman if you want better information. I'm just going to give you the Dr. G regurgitated version. So uh, anyway, um, he, he talked about it from like, if we are always attached to the end goal. So let's say, let's use pain as an example. Like if I'm someone, I have shoulder pain and I'm chronic shoulder pain. I've had it for three months or so. And I'm like waiting for it to go away. Well, if I'm waiting for that to go away, I'm only going to get dopamine, which is like a reward at the time of it going away. And mm -hmm. so dopamine is reward chemical. When you do something that is validating. So you go on social media, you post a picture and someone likes it. Ooh, here's a little bit of dopamine. Or you're playing some online freemium candy crush video game and you just need to unlock the next level. Well, you just finish that level. Here's some dopamine. You know, that's so dopamine can be bad in that it is somewhat of a fuel for addictive behaviors, but it also in the good sense of it, dopamine is like, not only does it reward you and help you feel a little bit better, but it motivates you to do more things that do that to you. So like exercise, like you exercise, you go, hey, I spent an hour working on my body today. Brain goes, here's some dopamine, that should feel good. And you're like, you know what, that feels good. Maybe I should exercise tomorrow. And then that's kind of how it goes. So in that, that mechanism, when you're really looking at like motivation, at least from a neurochemistry context, 
dopamine is one of the key things where you need to release it one and then two that release is going to motivate you to do more things that release dopamine and again it can go bad in that you just become addicted to social media and video games and stuff like that or it can go well in that you are doing healthy behaviors we'll just lump it into that so with many of us, we, we have the larger goal in mind. We're like, when I'm pain-free, when I can run a mile in seven minutes, you know, like that, that performance goals even. And the problem is, is we're now robbing ourselves of dopamine because we're only going to get it when we achieve the big goal. So we actually and go for it, the short-term hit, like the Instagram, like the video game. Well, no, no. So that's the secret here is the short-term hit. Because any no, that's what I mean. Goal, but if oh, you're yeah, if you're okay, putting okay. your shoulder pain at that long term vision, but you need your dopamine, you're gonna get it somehow. So you're gonna go for the crappy option. But actually, yeah, absolutely. Like you might be like, I need to be addicted to social media to therefore get dopamine and just kind of yeah. keep myself going. You know. So I mean, that's that's a great just sub question. You know, like how are you getting your dopamine today, right? <laughs> so, I Whereas mean, if old. you put your shoulder pain into like manageable steps, like today I did my exercises, pating, you there's your it. dopamine. Uh -huh. You know, and if you kind of broke it down, then we'd probably be choosing, yeah, better options for it. our dopamine hits. Yeah. And so that's, that's what Huberman described. He was like the people, the, the most successful people, the ones like even like cancer, like chronic illnesses, like um, highly tactical jobs, Navy SEALs, that kind of stuff. Like all of these people, they have like that growth mindset where they acknowledge that they're taking a step forward in the right direction each day. And sometimes it's like, you know what, you, you didn't take a step, you took a step forward, but you don't know if it's in the right direction. And so if you're able to acknowledge that, if you're like, you know what, my shoulder hurts so bad, I can't even exercise right now. The very fact that maybe you did a breathing exercise for five minutes is at least a step forward in the right direction. Here's a little bit of dopamine. Do that breathing exercise tomorrow or test out your shoulder tomorrow. And so we're getting those like, you're, you're like, it's not so much like micro dosing, but you're like getting like small dosages of dopamine each time you can celebrate the path. And therefore, when you do achieve the larger goal, because any, any larger goal takes steps to get there. I think totally. all of us can, can agree with that. And so if you're able to recognize the steps in the forward direction, boom, dopamine consistently, and therefore more motivation to keep going. And I think a lot of us, like, we'll start like an exercise program, like maybe we're trying to lose weight, or maybe we're trying to get stronger, or maybe we're trying to decrease pain, and we get defeated when things don't change, like mm -hmm. within a week or two. And without that consistency or without just acknowledging, you know what, at least I spent an hour today, you know, yeah. and while it doesn't feel like I, I, I did anything, I am stepping forward in the right direction. And that is huge. And I think even as just a human being right now, like the acknowledgement that you are doing a little bit better each day, or at least becoming a better human being each day. So, I mean, you can even attach that to like some of like the, the social media culture out there and like, are you a better human today than you were yesterday? Um, and how, maybe how are you demonstrating that? And how, how are you celebrating that? Um, and if you can acknowledge that, that's incredibly powerful. And there, there, there it is. I mean, it's just dopamine. It's, it's getting rewarded and then motivating yourself to continue to be rewarded. I love that. And you know what? You just jogged my memory because I'm, I'm a little bit of a Tony Robbins buff because whenever oh, I'm a go. bit of a down, <laughs> whenever I'm a little bit like down, I just listen to Tony and he kind of lifts me up. And one of the things that he always says, which I think is so important for all of us to remember, is that true happiness just comes from progress. And Ooh. progress 
for some people, let's say if you have severe depression, might be getting up and washing your hair that day. Oh my you God, should yeah. feel so proud of yourself. If you manage to get out of bed and you manage to just get dressed, oh my goodness, like that progress is something you should focus on. And then the other thing that kind of links into that is the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your focus. And that really? links beautifully to what you just said. If you can focus on those small wins, you're not going to look at the Instagram person who's got the 100,000 followers, you know, living their best yep. life with their bikini. And you're not going to envy yep. that because you've done the best you can with what That's you've it. got. Oh, you touched it perfectly. I mean, like, it's never a good idea to compare yourself to another human being because they're different. Even if they are like your twin, they're different than you. And you're not going to really get anywhere by, oh, they're more successful than me or, oh, they look better than me or, oh, they're stronger than me. Like, that's like, if you compare yourself to yourself and you're better today than you were yesterday, you're winning. You're doing all that you can and everything you should be. And I think that that was something that I brought to my patients before, but now I just like very strongly emphasize it now. Like I have, I've been getting a lot more people with like say plantar fasciitis. Um, I, I don't know why, maybe it's cause I'm looking for it more. Um, or it's just pandemic ensued either a, you just went full potato as I previously described. And now your posterior chain is wrecked and now your feet are wrecked and they hurt all the time. Or on the other end, uh, I was just talking to someone and they were like, well, a lot of people, are now more barefoot than ever because they're at home and they're not wearing shoes. And so perhaps that's also why. I think they've probably been barefoot a while and now they're going back into shoes. And well, that's, yeah. Or, or that's like, where the... uh -huh, or like fresh after lockdown, like after lockdown, uh, it could have been like you're walking more barefoot around your house when it, in, you used to be more used to shoes and therefore the more rigid structure. Yeah. And now yeah. your feet are finally moving for the first time in who knows how long and now it hurts. So I don't know, the, the etiology of plantar fasciitis is always an interesting topic for debate as it is. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, it's, it's something that takes a long period of time to manifest. And with that, it it's usually takes a while to get rid of. It's not something that you can just one and done. I've done that once. And I still don't think that that was true plantar fasciitis because I did that once. <laughs> but anyway, with, with these patients, especially like, it's not that things necessarily get better on a day-to-day -day basis. You still wake up and your feet suck. You still wake up and you're like, oh, God, my heels hurt or oh, my, the bottoms of my feet. I still got to do my stretches and everything. And so one of the mindsets that I really try with especially these chronic pain people that are like destined to feel somewhat similar and just make the smallest minutia gains. Like the average person usually doesn't have the amount of awareness to recognize those small changes like like progress is like if it takes five minutes to warm up your foot to therefore make it feel better. But today it took three minutes that's progress. You know, you're, you're less time in pain, or maybe it's like intervals, like it hurts slightly less day to day to day, like it's a nine today, it's an eight tomorrow kind of thing. Or maybe it's like, um, uh, it was a dull ache before and now it's just dull. So there's a lot of different metrics in which we can use to monitor pain, none of which are the probably the best. Uh, that's why it's always good to like compile them, right? But more or less, like, if you can bring someone into that awareness and get them to be like, well, so how long did it take you to warm up your feet today? And they're like, well, I only had to do like two rounds of that exercise. I was doing like five last week. I'm like, isn't that not a step forward in the right direction? And they're like, you know what? I guess it is. I guess it is getting Aww. a little bit better. And it's like, they forget <laughs> how bad they used to be. They forget, don't they, people? Yeah. They well, forget how I mean, they were and where they are now. And they, they forget exactly. the journey. And especially with pain, I mean, that's a lot of times that's all you can think about. And when you're only thinking about that, of course, it's going to magnify glass. And of course, like your six out of 10 pain is going to feel like an eight out of 10 pain when 
if there was a true reality behind it, maybe it's only a three, but the fact that you're focused on it, the fact that you're dwelling and catastrophizing and doing all this stuff, I mean, your mind is a powerful thing. And if it's not in your corner, if it's not helping and supporting you, it's going to make suffering so much more suffering, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That was part one of the show. Next week, I'll be releasing part two. Remember, if this episode was helpful at all, please do share, rate, and review.